You're listening to the Gates Church Podcast. For more information or to support this ministry, please visit thegate.org. I uh, hope you guys are all enjoying your summer so far in whatever it may contain. I had it on my heart today to uh, talk to you about who we are in Christ. <clears throat> and uh, I just wanted to uh, open up in prayer. Before I start, <clears throat> I thank you, Lord Jesus, for uh, this time we can gather together and just thank you for your uh, gifts that you give to us and how uh, you have helped us so much. Thank you, Lord, that you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> I want to share from you uh, just some experiences from my life as well. When I was uh, single, maybe about 20 years ago, I had, I had struggled with, the doing, with doing what is right. And uh, I wanted to be free from falling into temptation. So I was given a book that was, was called The Bondage Breaker. It was pretty popular at that time. It's uh, the author's Neil T. Anderson. He still uh, has... It's quite popular still. <clears throat> I found that the book was talking about who I am in Christ and that it was talking about my identity in Christ and that, that was, it was conveyed in the book that it was really important. Quotes like, I am God's friend and I am God's child and I am an heir with Christ. I couldn't wrap my head around why this was important. It, it, it wasn't, uh, to me it seemed useless that, okay, I'm, I'm a child of God, but what's the point of that? Well, how is that going to help me overcome my falling into temptations or, or being in, even enticed by uh, desires I don't want to follow through with? So I had... Uh, I, had, I didn't really understand what they were trying to get across with this book. I kept thinking, what does my identity in Christ mean? I kept on thinking like my identity. Okay, I'm, a, I'm the eighth child in my family. I'm a, at the time, I was an apprentice electrician. I'm a young single male. <clears throat> Those are things that I related to, but being... God's friend, being a child of God, it was uh, my identity in Christ. But it was just words. It, it didn't come to heart. It didn't, I didn't understand it. And uh, I was at times, uh, during that time in my life, I was unemployed a little bit, so I had a little bit more time on my hands sometimes. And uh, like um, David, the King David, he had, he had a little extra time on his hands. He chose to not go to war at one time. And he fell into sin with Bathsheba. He should have been out to war with his men, but he chose to stay home. He had a little extra time. And there's probably a lot of uh, married women who had went out to, to battle. And... Uh, Two scenarios rolled out, and 
he slept with a beautiful woman, Bathsheba, who he saw bathing on the roof and uh, had his husband or had her husband killed to try and cover up his sin and uh, just blew up. So he fell into temptation and my temptation at the time was pornography. I didn't want to fall into that. I didn't want to be uh, desiring that. I wanted to be desiring good things, but I didn't know exactly how to go about that. One thing my youth pastor was telling me at the time when I was helping lead the, the kids and the youth uh, was this story about David and Bathsheba. And when you got time in your hands, fill it with good things to do and not just idleness. And uh, so I would help out with youth a little bit more. I went, I would help out with whatever he, I could do. Um, but that wasn't just enough, not just enough to fill up my time with busyness. I still had this, this question of who I am in Christ and how does that, how does that help me? I still struggle with uh, my identity in Christ at times, and uh, I have to ask myself the question as I talk to people who they are, and it's more than just your career, more than just where you are in life, or whether your your marital status, you know, all the government-type questions, but rather... Are you a believer? Um, that's one of the most important things that I can ask to myself or to somebody else. And back to the, uh, that book, The Bondage Breaker. If you have accepted Jesus as your Lord in life, then we are all children of God. And, and we're all Christ's friends. And we're all a member of Christ's body. So... To me, this seemed kind of unanimous, not distinctive. But we are distinct in that we have different giftings, we have different desires, different dreams. And those, uh, those things are important, and God wants, God wants to cultivate those and not just doing those things on our own. So the main reason for, for me reading the book, because I wasn't much of a book reader, the purpose of me for reading it was to overcome temptation. And I guess the Holy Spirit's name is the comforter. And that's important because what I was seeking, I guess, was comfort in a way. But God can be the one to fill me with comfort and uh, to to fulfill my every need not just when you're unemployed obviously you're a little low on funds but maybe you feel less valued or maybe you just have too much time in your hands but God can fulfill each of your needs each of your desires and I had to cultivate that relationship I had to in any relationship be there 
be there each day. And so being with, with the Lord each day, I, uh, I start to feel that my identity became more important. Um, and in any relationship, communication is key. So we need to communicate with the Lord and see what he thinks of us. And through the word and through praying, we can do that. So much of us don't even pray five minutes a day. We can open up our phone and look at Facebook for a while, and maybe that takes five minutes. Seems like it passes by pretty quick, but praying seems like five minutes be hard to do for so much of us. Maybe, uh, maybe not so much for you, but um, for most people it is. So there's an acronym that I sometimes fall back to, and it's ACTS, A-C-T-S. And A is for adoration. And for, uh, for the songs that we've been singing this morning, we've been adoring God. And you can, you can do that in your own prayer life, in your own personal prayer life. You can do that um, throughout the day. You can adore him. There's a Psalm 97. David adores God. And in particular, verse 9, I'd like to bring into focus. It says, For thou, O Lord, art high above all the earth. Thou art exalted far above all gods. And that's a verse from, from David adoring God. And that's a song that I used to sing when I was young. And C is confession. And go ahead and be honest with God. He's big enough. Maybe you haven't done the, some really big sins that you're really ashamed of in that day. But be honest that maybe your desire isn't where, you're, where it wants to be, where you want it to be. Maybe your desire to, to be with God isn't where you want it to be. And you can ask him to get, to get on that mark, to, to increase your desire to be with him. Or maybe it, there is something that you've fallen into and you don't want to confess to him. Besides confessing our sins to one another, we need to bring it towards to, to uh, we need to bring our sins towards to God as well. In Psalm 51, it's David's prayer to God after he's found out by Nathan from his sin with Bathsheba. And Psalm 51, there's a couple songs in there that we've come that we've pulled out, and uh, I sing. Sometimes uh, when I was growing up, we were singing it in church. It was called, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And thankfulness. Again, I can think of a few songs from Scripture that are all about thankfulness. Thankfulness is so good to be thankful to God because so often when we come in prayer, we just have requests. And so this, this uh, acronym helps us to just be doing more than that. It helps us to come into relationship with God. So with thankfulness, there's, um, there's a passage in the Bible, First Chronicles 16, verse 8 to 36. 
It talks about how thankful David is when the Ark of the Covenant is coming back to Israel. Now that, rep, that was the presence of God, and it was away from Israel for quite some time. So he was really happy. He was, he was dancing in the streets, and just as ephod, he was... Um, it, it, that passage, First Chronicles 16 to 836, it's his whole thankful song. And so you, maybe you can glean some ideas from that by reading it about things that you are thankful for. Personalize your thankfulness, of course, what you can be thankful to God for. And then supplication. It's just another word for request. So let God know what your requests are. And part of the passage that Randy shared with us in Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Or first, uh, first period, first Peter verse uh, 5 and 7 it says, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. So whatever you are anxious about or what you care about, he cares about too. He sincerely does care. And cast it upon him so that you don't have to be worrying and anxious about it. Give it over to him. Some of you might think that that God, as a, as a soul being, you might think, how can he relate to me as a soul being? He just created this world. And where was he, who was he relating to before that? When Before, did he create us just for relationship? How does he know about relationship? First John, verse 1 to 3, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, all things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. So the word is Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. This is where we get our, our uh, theology of Trinity. Um, so he does relate. He knows how to relate. He knows how to love. And for, uh, also, chap, uh, the book of John, chapter... 17 verse 5 says, And now, O Father, this is Jesus' prayer for himself as he's here on earth towards the end of his ministry. It says, And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. So he was glorified with God before the world was. So there was relationship there. And he desires to be in relationship with us. Out of all our relationships, the, your relationship to God is the most important. He's the one who will always love you. He'll never disappoint you. He'll never leave you stranded. He will be your strength in all other relationships. Your, your relationship with others is strengthened by your relationship with God. That one relationship with God can really help you in so many other relationships. Because we all relate to each other. We're all human beings on this earth. We relate to each other. We can't be soul people. 
We can't be all alone. We need to relate to each other. Jesus says of the Holy Spirit in John chapter 16, verse 8, of, of the Holy Spirit, he says, And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So through the help of the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> we see our sin and we're convicted of it and, become, and we become a child of God. Without the Holy Spirit's help, <clears throat> we are, uh, we're not recognizing that we have that need of, of being forgiven for sin. So through the help of the Holy Spirit, it talks about in Romans 8, that the Holy Spirit reassures us that we are the children of God. He chose us, He adopted us, and He loves us. So He intentionally chose us. That is, that's intentional love. And it's beautiful. When we realize that love that He has for us and accept it, it, it opens up your mind to know that you are loved and you don't want to sin. You don't want to displease God. You want to seek to please Him. You want to have fellowship with Him. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For He, comes, for he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. He's challenged me to go out of my comfort zones. I remember a time uh, when I was 18, I went to, uh, was on a mission team. So there was a few months of training. We went to Bible college. And uh, Eston, FGBI is the name of the Bible college. And uh, I would spend a lot of, at the beginning, a lot of time, time in the dorm. There was two other roommates. They weren't in there most of the time. It was just me. And uh, I was just... I was enjoying the solitudeness. I didn't want to go out and meet some strangers and maybe get bugged. or I was just nervous about being in a new crowd. So I would write notes or letters to my girlfriend back at home. And... Uh, but you can only do that for so long. And so I'd read her notes, and then uh, I was realizing, or as I was praying to God, I felt him saying, go out. Go out to the fellowship area and just go there and see what happens. And so in faith, I obeyed, and I did. And I was really surprised that it went very well. And... Uh, I started to really enjoy being down there and fellowshipping with the other college students. And they were actually quite nice. And um, it, that step of faith gave me confidence. Not only just the talking with the people, but that I had a relationship with God. That gave me confidence as well to relate to others. And stepping out in faith, that gave me trust in God that he was right. Don't just stay up in your dorm. Come down and meet some new people. 
So the Holy Spirit shows us that God the Father loves us and he has the best intentions for us. And uh, it's all motivated by love. And when we understand that, we're more willing to, to ask him and to obey what he has for us. And that's stepping out in faith, and that's how we please him. Ephesians 5, verses 18 to 21, it talks about us being filled with the Spirit. And Paul here is in, intentionally telling the Ephesians to be filled with the Spirit. It's an exhortation. Not that it's not how uh, we were convicted with the Spirit from our sins. It's to be filled with the Spirit. And this is on a daily basis. It says to be filled with the Spirit, speaking with, to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So I see this as a bit like that acronym ACTS. You may not see it that way, but the important thing is, is to go through this to be filled with the Spirit. We want to be filled with the Spirit and not just empty, not just filling yourself with something else that won't fulfill you. We need to realize that we only need God's love. It's, the, it's, the, it's what we need for our Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We need God's love. And not the desires of the flesh. It's If someone were to rob you or hurt you, let's say, you're, you're going to be hurt. You're going to be missing something. But you haven't lost God's love. And nothing can separate you from God's love. If you, well, if you, if you think about the desires that you can't have or that were taken away from you, it's going to disappoint you. But God doesn't disappoint. He can fulfill you. He can give you what you need. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. And when you, when you realize how, how much he loves you, You've, you're fulfilled with his, with his love rather than trying to fulfill yourself with the lust of the flesh. Being filled with his love is so much more fulfilling and you, you don't have that desire to be filled with uh, the lust of the flesh because you've already been filled up with something much better. In Romans chapter 7 and chapter 8, it talks about doing what we don't want to do, yet we do. And uh, I want to read verse, chapter 8, verse 5, 6, and 13. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And verse 13, for... If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit 
you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Our desire to be loved is inherent from our Creator. The Holy Spirit helps us to realize that we can come to God as joint heirs with Christ. Now, this is part of that identity. We are heirs with Christ. We are loved by God. We are His children. He does love us sincerely. And to to be an orphan is is something that most of us haven't experienced, if any of us. And it's I've I've, I've read a few books about some orphans. My wife is an excellent um, teacher, so she really loves books a lot more than I have. And uh, so I've come to appreciate a lot of the stories that uh, maybe some some of uh, maybe I haven't I wouldn't have uh, read before or heard of before. So thanks to my wife, I, I can relate to some of these uh, orphans. And I'm not an orphan. I'm a child of God. Yes, I had blood parents. But um, being a child of God is so much more because my parents are fallible. And God is not fallible. And God is still communicating with me. And he wants the best for me. He has given me identity and maybe my parents had uh, failures, and they don't need to be my failures. I can be a child of God. And uh, all of the people in our lives are going to fail us. So that's why we need to not count on people around us for our fulfillment, like our spouse or our parents or our friend. Anyone besides God is going to disappoint us in giving us what we crave. We need to draw our strength from God, not from our loved ones. Our strength is from the Lord only. Otherwise, we're going to come up short. Or maybe they're going to be out of fuel and can't fill us. Where are we going to go to? He made us like that to come to him. We were made for him. We are his children. We can reject his love. And that's selling ourselves short. We can try and find fulfillment elsewhere, but we're really missing out on what God has for us. Not only what he has for us, but what we can become with his love. He gives us dreams and he gives us those dreams to be fulfilled. He can fulfill them more than what we can imagine. It's kind of like some, somebody selling themselves short. They don't think they're valuable enough. And we all, have limit, we all limit each other on differing degrees. And it's actually a sin to think that you're less valuable than you are. Because God does value you. He values you extremely. And he, he doesn't make any junk, so he values what he creates. We may think that we are of less value maybe because of uh, some, somebody maybe told us something, maybe told us a lie about ourselves and we believe that lie. But we need to accept who we are in Christ, not a lie from what somebody else taught, taught to us, told to us. 
This past week at work, I had a, a message by email. And uh, as I was reading it, it made me feel less valued. And though I made, may have made some mistakes, I didn't need to embrace the part that made me feel less valued. I needed to not believe that lie and believe the truth that I am valuable. Because if I believe the lie, I start to become that lie. I start to walk in that lie. And all I think about is that lie. And it starts to be, become my false truth. And that's why it's so good to, it's so necessary to come to God each day. Because He's going to tell you how He sees you, not how some other person sees you. And them mistakenly calling you invaluable in some way. That lie could inhibit me. It could inhibit me from living a holy and sanctified life. It could inhibit me from getting depressed, maybe losing my job because I feel invaluable. But through God, I know that I can do better. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Knowing that I'm a child of God now and that I understand that, and nothing can change that I'm a child of God. Nothing can separate me from his love. When I feel down, when I feel devalued, when I am ashamed, I can come to him. I can cast all my cares upon him because he know, I know that he cares for me. I sincerely have faith and I know that he does. He loves me so much. I can sing these songs and I sing them from my heart because I know that he loves me. Being a child is something that I cannot change. Though I may not believe it at times, though you may not believe it, even maybe now, you are His child. The Holy Spirit has convicted you. You have been brought into His kingdom as His own. Just as I am a Borsma, I can't change that I'm a Borsma. I'm a Borsma. I am a child of God as well. Gloria and Tony Greening, they have adopted three kids, Skyla, Jordan, and Mary. And they intentionally adopted those kids. They loved them to bits. God adopted me into his family, and he loves me so much too. And that is so, so encouraging to know that he has adopted me into his family and that I'm a child of the king. I'm not a child of some second-rate person. I'm a child of the king the most powerful being in this universe who created everything around us. And I can come to him in my time of need and he listens to me. And I can adore him because I know how much he does love me. And he comes there in my time of need. He provides for my needs. And I can help others because I have confidence in my relationship with him. I can come here and encourage each other. I can encourage you guys. It's one thing I like about coming here is it's like my family. I can come and be encouraged and I can encourage you and I hope I do that.